Fasten your seatbelts. It's going to be a bumpy night. You don't understand. This is a liar. How can you think that I'm her dad, but we both look exactly the same age? We do not look the same age. I was being kind. Wait, I'm going to hypnotize him. I hereby christen this mutton Barbie camper. Priscilla, queen of the desert. Hello and welcome to this episode of Pop Goes the Town Town. This is an unhinged episode reaction to the final Doctor Who 60th special, Giggle. The giggle of a mysterious puppet is driving the human race insane. When the Doctor discovers the return of a terrifying toy maker, he faces a fight he can never win. For this episode, I am, of course, joined by my last special guest. Announce yourself, special guest. Hi, it's Tamsin's mum. That's right, Tamsin's mum is back in the building. We are two gins in. (laughs) (laughs) So expect this to be extremely unhinged. And I mean, we didn't even think this broadcast was going to go ahead tonight because there's been so many things... I have been ill, my internet went down, I had to get a whole new Wi-Fi. It was a disaster. It has been a disaster. That's stressful. But we're here and we are live from Tam Tam Towers. So let's jump in with the good stuff. Okay, (laughs) so firstly, I was so happy to see Mel Bush back. Yes, so was I. And working for UNIT and actually doing something that we were always told she could do, which was she's a computer genius. She is. We never saw her use a computer on the TARDIS. But. Now we've seen her use a computer. (laughs) Mel used the computer. Wow, there we go. Get the t-shirts printed. (laughs) (laughs) My only caveat with Mel is that A, we had her dancing with Neil Patrick Harris. Both of them are exceptional dancers. I really was hoping to see something special. That would have been cool. But he just span her round. And chucked her on the floor. And chucked her on the floor. Yeah, no care for her hips. My other slight issue with Mal is that for the casual observer, does it not feel like a redo of Sarah Jane? Like Mel doesn't have a family... Mel is an orphan, and I know that that was part of her original story, but it feels like here we are again. Mm. Everybody, here's a companion from the past to give us that shot of nostalgia that we desperately need. I mean, you do need some nostalgia in a, in a trilogy of episodes that are meant to celebrate 60 years of Doctor Who, but I don't think there was enough nostalgia personally yeah no i completely agree but let's hold that thought about how well we thought these anniversary specials have done until the end because well i have thoughts (laughs) i enjoyed the opening of this episode with logie baird and the toy shop the assistant i enjoyed that yeah what about you i agree it had a really sort of atmosphere yes it did it had a great atmosphere yeah Yeah, and I have to say, there were some real fear factors in this episode. There were. (laughs) Like, Stooky Sue and the Babbies. I just love saying Babbies. 
Ventriloquist dummies are always scary. They are, they are, but there was something particularly frightening about these, and I did foreshadow it just before it started. I said, what if they start walking around? And they did. And they did. And it was so freaky. It was much more scary than Stooky Bill. Yeah, yeah, she sort of just hobbled out of the corner. Yeah, and it was so frightening, and the whole thing, and then they jumped on top of Donna, and it was the whole big thing. And I just loved how Donna just grabbed the puppet and started smashing it against the wall. Bashed it up. Because that felt very Donna to me. And I loved I loved when she said, have you got anything? And then the babies were like, looked at each other and went, no, no and went back into the... <laughs> it was very funny. It was, yeah, it was comedy. And it was a nice bit of macabre mm. and also comedy. And weirdly, it kind of felt like the sort of stuff that we would have got with the seventh doctor yeah i think so too but also it kind of reminded me of the Stephen moffat era where every now and then they'd throw in something like that and you'd be like what just happened (laughs) i mean i think probably the best example of that is when in the episode and i can't remember what it's called is it the one with the doll's house oh my god yes the one with the doll's house but i was also thinking the one when danny and clara go on a date and then when they're at the children's home, there's that figure in the bed and you're not sure if it's another child oh, yeah. or That's if it's an alien. Really eerie. Yeah, and it's just thrown in there and you're like, okay, that happened. Yeah. <laughs> but am I saying I would like a Sticky Sue and the Babby spin-off? No. Well, I don't know. I think it would terrify kids. <laughs> we both like the inclusion of Mel. I have to say, I absolutely loved... The 15th Doctor, Shiti Gatwa. The minute he turned up, I was like, that is the Doctor. Yeah. Even even though he was doing a Julian Fawcett. Yes, he was. He was. I didn't <laughs> notice. Oh, my God. Yeah, but he had great legs, let's be honest. They were quite nice, yeah. And I, I'm pretty sure that Julian Fawcett wishes he uh, had those legs. <laughs> I'm sure. And the last thing on our good things pile is... Neil Patrick Harris, NPH himself. Now, I said to you, he will come and he will be good. He really did. He will chew all of the scenery. And he did. He did. It was sawdust within minutes. It was brilliant. The constant switching between theatrical accents was just so good. It was so good. And it was just a camp theatrical dream. Yeah. And I really hope this isn't the last we see of the toy maker his toy maker in particular yeah because it was so good it's so good the dancing but while we're on the subject of the toy maker can we talk about how the threat decreased when the bi-generation happened yeah absolutely it felt like well we've done this big bi-generation thing oh but we still need to wrap up the end of the world so how can we do that how can we do that yeah i mean i felt that there was more menace in the room with the ventriloquist dummy, the mm-hmm. wife, mm-hmm. Suki Stook. Or Suki Stook! <laughs> Jim's kicking in. No more booze for you. Booze is so. I felt that was far more frightening than anything that the toy baker did. But I think that was the point. I think the toy maker was to be high camp and okay. to be sort of chewing the scenery. And I think Boozy Sue <laughs> <laughs> was there to inject that feeling of get behind the sofa, kids. So this leads us 
<laughs> to our terrible, not very good pile. <laughs> and the top of the pile is, of course, the bi regeneration. Well, <laughs> I'm just gonna let you go. Go. Oh dear, oh lord. I mean, was that the best they could come up with to insert the new doctor? Split the old doctor in two. Mm. I mean, really. I don't know what to say. I just, I, I mean, it gets, it does get worse for me. I'll, shall I say that in a minute? Just say it. <laughs> I am fuming. But the doctor has been, the, I'm talking about David Tennant's doctor now, mm -hmm. was neutered, sitting in that garden, you know, passing away his years with that family. Not, there's nothing wrong with that. It was very sweet little scene. Don't get mm. me wrong. I thought it was charming. However, it's a neutered doctor with no nothing mysterious or daring or brave. He's just sitting there having drinks in the garden. And I was so cross. And I can't tell you how incredibly disappointed I was in that writing. It was awful for me. And it's actually made me question if I actually want to watch any more of Doctor Who. Yeah. Because I don't think the do Tenet's Doctor or any Doctor deserve that sort of writing. No. For me, what the real concern is, where does this leave Shooty Gatchwa's 15th Doctor? Because I think there are going to be a lot of people out there who were already saying, hashtag, not my Doctor. Really? In, yeah, there were. Yeah. Like the same with Jodie, not my doctor and not my doctor again. And I think what this enables those people to do is say, actually, Shitagata was not the doctor. This is where it's all canon divergent. That's not the doctor. And we don't need to count him. And I think it leaves it open for it to say, well, when's David Tennant coming back? That's what I'm afraid of. When are we going to see those adventures with Donna yeah. and Rose? And when are we going to see those adventures again, you know? And the thing is, that's my concern. That rather than make Doctor Who strong again, what we've done is it's put a wedge between the continuity of the show. Yeah, because Tenet now is a fallback option. Yeah, and he'll always be a fallback option. And that's disrespectful. It is. If things aren't going well, oh, we'll just get David Tennant in. If things aren't going, just get David Tennant. Oh, the ratings slip, get David Tennant. I'm sure David Tennant loves the show. I'm sure he does. But I'm sure he would rather be doing other things than being helicoptered in to rescue Doctor Who every five, six years. Because it boils down to good writing and good characters. But more than that, more than that, this show, unlike most other TV shows, has to move forward. Oh, definitely. The whole premise of the show is forward momentum. Mm. Yes, we time travel, but the character, the Doctor, has to change. Now, we've got a situation where he doesn't. We can always go back to David Tennant. Yeah. We can go back to David Tennant when he's in the nursing home. I'm sure he'll knock out a couple of scenes. Yeah. Right? 
could this be the end of the series really have we seen the sort of seeds of the destruction I being think sown? So. yes i do i know that that's really sort of over dramatic speech but it does feel like this was so the wrong move to do yeah because i was looking forward to watching shooty gatwa mm. but i think it's just no i don't think i think like you people are going to fall off a cliff in terms of numbers mm. And I don't think he'll get anywhere near um, a chance of doing anything. No, 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 because people will just say, David Tennant's not in it anymore, I'm not going to watch it, I'm going to watch it until David Tennant comes back. Mm. You know, it's like... (laughs) Petitions get, you know, more Tennant, more Tennant. Yeah, when's Tennant coming back, you know? Tennant is not the only Doctor. And I think this is what initially really killed Doctor Who the first round, was when Tom Baker became so synonymous with the character yeah. of the Doctor yeah. that, that that whole era of the Tom Baker era just became so synonymous. Yeah. And as it got worse and worse in terms of production, in terms of writing and things like that, everybody was still pining after the years of Tom Baker, which were long gone. Yeah. You know, and we're having it again with David Tennant. And it's like, but now he can come back any time he wants. But really, you just needed to sever that umbilical cord. And the only thing that I think could have made it work was that when they had that hug, he subsumed David Tennant into himself. Yeah. That's what you needed. Because I kind of felt like that character needed to say, I can't do this anymore. And the other one to say, No, but I can. And what was all this stuff about needing to take a break? I don't know. I mean, that's just not the doctor. No. And I know that a lot of people will say, maybe not your version of the doctor. And that's correct. That is not my version of the doctor. Other versions of the doctor exist. But needing to take a break like that feels way too human. Yes, and the the doctor's not human. No, and I think that's really important to know. I also think, going back to the neutering thing, I, th- I think Tennant's Doctor was stripped of, of the true soul of Doctor Who. I mean, there's that, there are lots of episodes, if you go through Old Who and New Who, where the Doctor does things that are really shocking. Mm. Like, for example, leaving Susan, dumping Sarah Jane. It goes on and on. Because the Doctor's not like a human being. He's got different codes and different ways of carrying Mm. on. And he doesn't see things the way a human does. And he's very ruthless and he's determined to do what he wants to do. Well, it's not... For me, it's not Doctor Who. This is not Doctor Who. I mean, I'm going to keep watching and I'm going to keep watching Shitu Gatwa because I was impressed. I actually think... I was too. There was no question for me that he was the Doctor. That hardly ever happens. There's always that bit when you kind of feel like, oh, okay. But this felt like we went straight into it and he was the Doctor and there was no question in my mind. So I'm excited for Christmas Day and I'm excited to see what happens with 15th Doctor and with Ruby Sunday. I'm excited for their adventures Sadly, the spectre of David Tennant and the 14th Doctor will hover over them evermore. Do you think, because you're quite good at predicting things, do you think that that the viewing figures for Shooty in the Christmas special will be good? or? I think they will be good. You do? I think they'll be good because I think people will want to see 
what they're will want to see what he's doing however do I think they will be as good as what we have seen like the five million for the first episode no I don't think they will we'll see it's Christmas Mm. day I mean people are going to be in chocolate comas you know yeah see you don't know do you yeah I mean you kind of go back to Matt Smith and his telephone call with Peter Capaldi for me I never really felt like Peter Capaldi's era survived that no when the doctor called Clara and it was just so bad it just horrified it reminded you that that the powers that be have absolutely no trust going forward that the the right call is to have Peter Cavaldi as the doctor so we're just going to remind you that he is the doctor because I know you're going to be horrified by his old appearance and you know the fact that he's deeply deeply Scottish you're going to be terrified bemused and confused but don't worry it is still the doctor but it was that lack of confidence well it's insulting to the audience yeah it was insulting to the audience but it was that lack of confidence that it injected it then didn't help that they constantly moved it around on the schedule they put it up against things like the x factor and britain's got talent again and having started off so shaky by them having to say don't worry it kind of built to this crescendo where you just didn't trust that era now that's a shame because he's my favorite doctor there were some really good episodes there were some great episodes when he's on his own in that um castle but i don't think anyone ever took any notice of them now can you imagine if he had split in half and the other half of him had been matt smith going off and doing sexy adventures i mean no one would have bothered with the Peter Capaldi stuff. No. And I know that there are going to be a lot of people that I've offended by saying that. Well, it's just our opinion. That's my opinion. And if you would have continued with it, that's cool. I know I would have. But the thing that I'm trying to say is the spectre at the feast now is going to be, let's just get David Dent back. And I just, I couldn't believe it. Friend of the pod, Lance, alerted me last night that this would be happening. And I have to say, I didn't really believe it. I was in a state of shock until well, you, it was happening. You called me and told me, and <laughs> I, I didn't did. believe you. No. All of the shade that people put towards Chibnall with the yeah. timeless child stuff, and that was nothing compared to this. No. That was nothing. So, yeah, it just feels like they've put a hand grenade under the whole enterprise, and now we're just waiting for it to go off. Not the Enterprise. No, not that Enterprise. The Enterprise of this series. (laughs) No, that Enterprise exploded loads of times. (laughs) And, yeah, I mean... Huge missed opportunity on every front. Yeah. So let's now, naturally, when we're talking about missed opportunities, let's now talk about these whole specials. Because I was initially, I enjoyed the first one. I did too. But having gone back and watched it, and having now also watched Wild Blue Yonder, and this one. Oh, that was dreadful. I've got to be honest. Why? (laughs) Yeah. The first one, yeah, if you watch it again, it's just a bit kitchen thinky. And we keep coming back to this over and over again, which is, as 60th anniversaries, how do they stack up? List of... of, of, uh... What was that list they did? He did a list of this, that and the other, of different things that had... Oh, God, I think it's gone already. That's how great it was. It was a list of things that, like, adventures he'd been on. Yeah. 
So I felt like the puppet show was funny, but for the worst way in the world. Which were? Well, I thought it was, I mean, it was all the Moffat era characters. <laughs> okay. So we had Amy. So was. Yeah, but when you think about it, they're the ones who've had the horrific endings, right? Mm. So we had Amy and then we had Clara and then we had Bill. And I just loved the doctor's excuses and the way that um, the celestial toy maker was like, well, that's okay then. <laughs> and I thought, yes, that's basically the writing of that whole era. Something horrifically bad happens. Like Clara was killed by a bird. Yeah. Yes, but she exists in that last one second yeah. of her life. Well, that's okay then. Yeah. <laughs> Bill became a Cyberman. Yes, but her consciousness still exists. Well, that's, that's okay then. <laughs> Going back to this question of the 60th and how well it's worked, it hasn't worked well. We've had moments like that where we talked about things that happened in the past, which were kind of novel. I mean, it was a novel way of Donna catching up on all this horrific stuff. Sure. But to be honest, Donna didn't really seem that phased by it. So, you know, and... Well, why would she care? <laughs> well, yeah. I mean, her thing was, did that all really happen? And he was like, didn't say anything. So, yeah, it did. <laughs> uh, there was... A lot of other bits like Kate Lethbridge Stewart's coming out and saying about Yetis, which was the first story that the Brig was ever involved with. Mm. So there's that kind of full circle-ness. And you had Mel and you had callbacks to other things. But this is not a 60th. It beggars belief. It does. It really and does. I have to say, going back to what you referred to about the the celebration of 60th, Doctor Who. Yeah. When you said about the she, Kate Lethbridge Stewart mentioned Yetis. It was almost as if you know when you've got a dare and you have to get you have to in. put words in. That's, yes. That's what it felt like, <laughs> exactly. Yes. And all I could think was the fiftieth was bad, and it feels like we've been relentlessly negative, and we have been. <laughs> but this all goes back to. My main concern with Russell T. Davis coming back on as the showrunner. And I don't feel any more comfortable than I did. <laughs> I actually feel less comfortable. <laughs> because having watched all of these three now, I'm really worried about the future. <laughs> That's not where I wanted to leave this. And I really, really, really hoped that we would get something amazing. And it started off strong. And there were elements that were okay in it. I mean, it was okay until we got to the bi-regeneration. And then we just tore up 60 years of canon, threw it away, and went, now we've got two Doctors, you can pick the one you like the most. It's bad. Yeah. So, what are you giving this one out of 10? Nothing. <laughs> <laughs> well, no, I'll give, I'll give uh, Neil Patrick Harrison... Bonnie Langford, so yeah. two. I mean, it would have been more if they'd had a dance. In fact, that could have I saved this. Five. It could have saved the whole show if they just had a dance. Learn from this. I see the crystal raindrops fall And the beauty of it all Is when the sun comes shining through To make those rainbows in my mind When I think of you sometime And I want to spend some time with you just the two of us. We can make it if we 
Try to not do it.